Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. Hey, it's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control. We've got a fun-filled one-hour show for you tonight, all about making and hacking and coding and soldering and sewing and being creative and making stuff with your hands. So put down your phone, unless you're watching us on the phone, and uh, join in in the maker fun. Mr. Lady Ada, why don't you tell them what's on? That's right. Yeah. Deals and surprises in Moorhead. New RGB is the code. 10% off the native free store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. User lose it. Come on by. Save a buck or two. We'll talk about some of our live shows. Show itself just happened. Thank you, Liz, for hosting. We'll talk about Desk of Ladyator, which we do every Sunday, including Great Search. We got JP's product pick of the week. We'll play the highlight video. We'll have a little bit of a reminder about JP's show tomorrow. We have advanced manufacturing, main New York City factory footage, a glimpse of the things that we make here in New York City at Adafruit. We got some 3D printing videos. We got Iron MPI brought to you by DigiKey. This week it is Hirosei. Hirosei. We're going to do a little bit top secret. We got some new products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg slash Adafruit. Come on by, ask your questions and more. It's called Ask an Engineer for a reason. And yeah, uh, the engineer, like, yeah. ask, ask me stuff. We do a ton of questions at the end, and we do some throughout, of course, but you can stay around 24-7. Ask your questions. Yeah. All that and more on, you guessed it, <clears throat> ask an engineer. Okay, uh, reminder, NeoRGB is the code. You get free stuff, too. Yes, we order from adfruit.com. It helps support us and keep all the code and open source hardware and tutorials and more, all the goodies going. Um, so please do. Uh, and we'll give you some free stuff too to sweeten the pot. So $99 or more, you get this beautiful PCB coaster made with a gold coat PCBs with an Adafruit logo on it. $149 or more, you get a free KB2040. It's an RP2040 microcontroller board that is Pro Micro Pinout compatible. So it's a great upgrade for your Pro Micro projects, but now it has a powerful dual core Cortex M0 chip with eight megabytes of flash and USB-C and STEMIQT and buns and NeoPixels and everything. Great for all sorts of projects. $199 or more for UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. And we still have $299 or more Circuit Playground Express, our favoriteest round circuit board ever with the SAMD21 on it. You can use it with Arduino or CircuitPython or MicroPython or Code.org. CS Discoveries, it's a great way to learn electronics and coding with physical computing no soldering is required. You got all everything you need is built in. Yeah, and uh, someone just asked, are the cutie pies on sale for Valentine's Day? Yes, of course they are. Just use a code. Oh man, that's a good idea. We should have thought. Yeah, the EFFs and all this. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Um, but they're on sale, ten percent off. Yeah, little, for Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah, we we did that on purpose. Yes, I mean yes. Yes. Um, on Monday, it's a Adafruit holiday uh, for the team, so uh, it's also a federal holiday. So if you place an order uh, on Monday, it might not ship till Tuesday. That is just a reminder it's President's Day. Um, Adabox is shipping. How many have we shipped? Over a thousand. So yes, so that is over a thousand. So um, thank you everyone for your patience. We made our announcement that we would be shipping Adabox in 2023. We got a few out the door. Um, when we... Where's all the people always ask, where's the Adabox with Adabox? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you can go to adabox.com. We put it updates there. Um, we're getting most of them out in February. We have our unboxing that'll happen in March. Look for the announcement. We're shipping hundreds a day. Yeah. 
and uh, full speed ahead. So thank you everyone for your patience. Um, we got a few out at the end of 2023, and then you know it's only been about a, a month ish, and uh, we got them out. So after a very long um, you know COVID time period and then part shortage that impacted the world. It was very difficult to uh, ship any type of electronics. We redesigned over 700 products, including our Adaboxes. Twice. Two, yeah, two. Um, oh, someone got their Adabox today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep it a secret. There's there's kids watching. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, everybody. We really appreciate it for your patience. Um, you know, when we ship the Adabox, if your credit card needs to be updated or your address, we'll let you know. And uh, we will hopefully be able to ship the next one, you know. Three months. Three months from now, we'll see. Uh, we do a bunch of live shows. We just finished up the show and tell right now. Thank you so much, Liz. We're going to watch the show and tell once we get off air. Uh, we do the show and tell every week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Come by, show all your stuff, whether it be your makerspace, hackerspace, retro stuff, cool books, just anything to uh, learn and share the idea of making stuff together. Um, that's what Show & Tell is all about. Longest running Show & Tell. It's like 15 years now. Um, come on by. The link is in Discord every Wednesday at 7.30. And you're just saying, and next year it'll be 20 years old. Yep. And uh, we've done a Show & Tell just about every week since the technology has allowed it. You can't tell, but we're still 25. Something like that. Yeah, I think the shirt is 25 years old. Um, so uh, we also do a show on Sundays. Jessica Lady Ada. Um, it's in two parts. Lady Ada, what did you show off for part one? Okay, so um <clears throat> had a bit of a cold last week, so did not get a ton of hardware, new hardware done. But I did uh do some more work on Flopsy. Um and I got it working with Arduino. So I'm trying like going back to code that like was working a year ago and being like, does it still work? Which is like not always true, right? So you have to test it. Um so we got uh, some of the demos working for um arduino code with the floppy disk reading and then today i was actually chatting with jepler about how we're going to implement floppy disk writing so you can write through grease weasel which i have to do next but you can definitely read and one of the demos is that you plug in the board into usb and it shows up like a floppy drive which is kind of which is kind of cool um so i talked about that and i also talked about some updates i'm going to be doing where i add apple 2 apple disk 2 interface support and um also index sensor support and then uh, we also uh, challenge our Lady Ada to show us how to use DigiKey in the best possible way because there's billions of parts on there. What did you show during the great search? This okay, week? so oh, Lord, I had a coffee, but I didn't, didn't do anything. Uh, so for the index sensor for the floppy drive, I want to be able to like sometimes tell when a f the floppy motor has rotated one, you know, 360 degrees, and so I'm going to use an optical sensor. Um, to make it mounting easy, I want to have an optical sensor that is like right angle. So I have the PCB and then I want the the sensor to point out um, over the edge of the PCB. So I want to find a right angle analog reflective light sensor. And turns out there's only one available at DigiKey, but we found it and it's a good price. And it's a lot of it in stock. So uh, check it out if you ever have to do reflective sensing. I think uh, the one I picked is pretty good. All right, and then on Thursdays, we do JP's workshop. Here is this week's highlight. DS3231 Precision Real-Time Clock Breakout. 
This has I2C to communicate with your microcontroller. It has a battery backup, so it's always going to keep track of the time, even when your project is powered down. And it has the Stemma QT connectors to make it plug and play with your microcontroller projects. So the crystal is sitting there oscillating, but the temperature can change that oscillation. So it has a temperature compensation so it can adjust the time that it's reporting based on any changes in temperature. And I'm going to plug that Stemma QT cable into my real-time clock. It's going to power up and then it is immediately going to grab the time off of the chip. So I set this chip yesterday while I was setting up this project with the time and it has just been sitting there continuously uh, running and calculating that time. So it just updated and now here we are 1.13 and 30 seconds. CS3231 Precision Real-Time Clock Breakout with Stemma QT. And don't forget, JP's workshop is tomorrow and then on Friday. It'll either be Scott or Tim on Deep Dive, Friday at 2 p.m., 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, let's do some Python on hardware. All right, so we have our Adafruit Daily newsletter. We do this every single week. You can go to Adafruit Daily. You can get it via RSS. You can get it on GitHub. You can get it sent to you. The email, completely separate site. Um, we have our highlights of python on hardware projects this is a submarine hunt this is hunting game cool. yeah with circuit python um we have uh had a fail at circuit python this is a very cool this is from guy playground. yeah uh, it's playground guy. people um post your projects on playground we yeah, like and like there's a bunch of it, and like squid who i think is in the chat yeah uh posted a project it's super cool it's live and um how to you know how to check code failures yeah on circuit python, we want to have so. the easiest best place for you to post your projects you don't have What's to that? worry about ads or force some people to log in to see stuff. Um, but anyways, one of the things um, that we like to do is cover kind of all the ways to run Python on hardware. So we have this Raspberry Pi 5 review from PC World. Um, I'm going to get to this uh, other things in a second. But one of the things that is in the news right now, and I thought this would be kind of funny, and when I asked Lady Ada what does she want to talk about for this week, um, she said, oh, I'll talk about one of the articles we linked to, which is um, here's Raspberry Pi alternatives. Now, we didn't time this or anything, but the meme that's going around, which I think is interesting. There's a meme? There, there's a meme that's going around. I think this is interesting, and then I'll, I'll, I'll bridge the gap here. Um, so there is the Apple Vision Pro that came out, and yeah. then there's the you know, Meta Quest. And I think each company has their own thing and each company has their own you know figurehead there's Tim cook from apple there's mark zuckerberg from from facebook you know google has um their guy microsoft has their guy so <laughs> who's the guy their guys In China. yeah and so um the interesting thing is mark zuckerberg just did like a, a very like i'm gonna say adafruit style video which is like the founder talking about stuff it's like so he so mark zuckerberg, like brought, ask a zuckerberg? so sort of ask a zuck so what i thought was interesting was um that just with like kind of not, not maybe they spent a lot of time on it and it made it look like it was like off the cuff like not at it but it, it was like he's like okay here's someone they're just going to record me and they're going to have and i'm going to talk about the apple vision pro and what i like about it and its strengths and weaknesses and that's all that actually stuff. really cool yeah. yeah and i thought how interesting it was that the CEO, the founder of Facebook, would do that because Tim Cook from Apple is not going to say... Never do that. He's not going to say, hey, I tried the, the Quest, the Meta Quest, and here's what I think about it. It's yeah. just different style. Totally. 
But I thought it was interesting that like Mark Zuckerberg is using the Apple Vision, use the Apple Vision Pro, and he's like, hey, this is why I, I think the, the you know the Meta Quest is better. And he gave you know complimented his competitor and the, the strengths and weaknesses. And so um, you know, I don't get a chance to talk to the Raspberry Pi folks that often, but I actually think Evan um from Raspberry Pi should should do something like this because i actually think he he has the ability to talk straight to the camera and say well here's what's good here and you know admire competitors all that stuff i think it'd be interesting for Evan to say hey here's the raspberry five you know here's the raspberry competitors out there here's what's good with them here's other things because i think that's kind of where we're at there's the companies that they need the polished videos and they will never do the comparisons and then there's some people who can look in a camera who really know it. and what matters most of the time is the founder that gets their hands dirty and so I think that's why, like Mark Zuckerberg was able to do this this comparison with Apple Vision Pro and MetaQuest, because he's kind of in he, he's he's you can tell that he's really into this stuff. Not that Tim Cook is, and this is different. So when Lamora said, "Oh yeah, I'll talk about the five best Raspberry Pi alternatives in 2024," it's not because we don't like Raspberry Pi. It's just this is interesting for us, and we it's also, also like there we'll are tell some you, things that are if you want. Yeah, like, we'll tell do, you. You know, GPU powered. Yeah, AI, like and, the NVIDIA is going to. And of course, we're going to recommend it. Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, five stuff, you know, um, for for what makes sense. But I, I think that that's one of the differences. Like companies, there's there's companies that founders that are technical founders that are that are going to able to be able to talk to people. And some people like that style. Some people don't. Whatever. Um, but I think this will be interesting. So when this came up, you're like, oh yeah, I'll talk about the alternatives. So later, yeah. take it away. There's there's other Raspberry there, there's Raspberry Pi alternatives. Yeah. We have a blog post and some sums it up zestly. Yeah, there's a whole article. But what I think yeah. is interesting is, well, first off, you know, I've used some of these and like, you're not going to have as much support as with the Raspberry Pi. I mean, like the Raspberry Pi, like it is just, there's millions of users. And so there's, there's more support, there's more projects. Um, but the Orange Pi is like really, really popular. Uh, can you scroll down? Um, it's Do you it, want to it, hear the article? Used, um, no, you can just, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, all right, first so, on Orange Pi. The Orange Pi, um, you know, and you'll see like some of these have like, you know, different things that you can like, you know, that are add on. Like it looks like there's like a built-in battery on this one. It has a smaller connector. Um, it uses the rock chip. Um, okay, scroll down. Okay. And a lot of these, like some of these actually could like run Windows and stuff. The Udo Bolt, and I think it has like two PCI slots. Or no, it has can uh, ECC RAM, so you can actually add like a significant amount of external RAM. It has like looks like Grove connectors on the bottom. Um, yeah. all right, so then go down. There's the leap potato, which and we're is... gonna tie this all together with CircuitPython in a minute. Yeah, and this Hang one, tight. I think what this one is actually like open source hardware. This is uh, the M Logic, um, which is also used by I think, the Orange Pi, this, this chipset, and it's like hardware compatible and it has the 2x20 header. It looks like it also has infrared input. Um, and there's they, they kept the AV output, which is kind of nice, and they have a serial port, uh, which is kind of nice console. And then the Odroid, which is like really a beefy processor. It looks like it's a real-time clock, audio output built in, infrared as well. So a lot of these are good for like media servers or ex uh, external control. Uh, this also has a DC power input, which is kind of nice. You want to power it from not USB, from a um, DC power plug. Uh, looks like it has a buck converter, so probably can handle it. And of course, the NVIDIA Nano, you know, is for you want GPU performance and you want to do AI. Um, this is definitely going to have, it's basically the equivalent of like, basically you know look you look the specs but raspberry pi plus a, a co-processor coral yeah. type device now the the thing that's a challenge though is um for microcontrollers you kind of have to have a different 
programming language, a different thing. But one of the things... Oh, by the way, all these have different hardware interface layers. All of these are very complicated, except for we kind of knew this was coming. So one of the things we have is... Uh, we have... I think four out of five of these are on Blinko already. So if you go here and you type in like orange, orange. you see we have all the orange pies. So yeah. the five, the five plus, the light, the one. Um, so all these are supported with Blinka. And so, you know, if you want to do GPIO, I squared C, SPI, and use all of our libraries, we have like hundreds and hundreds of libraries. Yeah. A lot of example code will just work out of the box. Now, not everything, everything will work because like sometimes they have like very specific, weird interfaces yeah. um, for stuff, but a lot of the basic gpio and hardware interfacing will work and if there's analog or pwm support we usually have that as well um and we have guides especially for the orange pie and you can look for the nvidia jetson nano we have support and we you know we we try to get it so that you can use um sensors displays oleds no matter what raspberry pi compatible incompatible linux single board computer using and that's like a big deal because it didn't like Believe when we did the initial port for Blinka, that was not true. A lot of them, they all have their own little like weird ass GPIO hardware interfacing forks that are like yeah. a fork of a fork of a fork, and they like tweak some like register values, and then they're like ship it. So um, the so yeah. um, you know, in summary, um, one of the things that I think is important is like, especially when you're in this like maker world and you're like Adafruit, like we're always going to do open source and we want to make something. So whether you pick a Raspberry Pi or an Orange Pi or an yeah. NVIDIA, um, you'll be able to use Blinka. And if there's, you know, whether it be a supply chain issue or it's just right tool for the right job, um, we'll always recommend the right thing. So yeah, just try. Um, it's, it's compatible in a hardware, you know, like, and this was a big deal. Like, you know, we did this talk like four years ago for, you know, Australia Linux conference. And I was like, I don't want to keep writing drivers for every yeah. interface. And then the thing is, like, stuff in the Linux kernel changes. Like, they do change stuff. Um, we can hide those changes behind. So, this I don't know if I'll get yeah. time, but I, one of the things I thought would be funny and useful is like, oh, hey, I mean, just like get to go to that Digitrends or get all five and just do the same thing as Zuckerberg did. Because I like that there's some, Evan's very technical. I like that there's there's some founders that can do that. And I think that's what people want to see more and more. Like the beautiful marketing videos and like, okay, you're going to watch Marvel movies with, you know, this thing on your head. Okay, cool. But I like the idea that someone was like, well, here's the actual tech specs. Here's the thing. Here's what I, I Here's the, like kind of in the weeds, um, you know, in one video take live. We're doing this live. But anyways, I thought that was interesting. This is live? Yeah. So, they saw me yawning? Yeah. So anyways, um, check out that and more. It delivers to you every single week at Adafruit Daily. That's what we're all about. Thanks, Blinka. All right, let's do some... Speaking of open source and more, Lady Ada, we do open source hardware. We have a bunch of guides. What's on the big board? We have almost 3,000. We're up to like 2,900 and like 80-something, I think. Yeah. Right, we're going to be celebrating 3,000 guides soon. Um, so, uh, you know... Okay, so uh, let's start from the top. So uh, top left, so the Memento Focus Stacking. So uh, two weekends ago... Uh, JP and I were like, can we, the Memento camera, the open source hardware camera that we designed, can we control the autofocus to manually um, focus in and out? Like, there's an autofocus mode, but can we give me manually focus and like step through the voice coil? And the answer is after like a couple hours, yes. And uh, thankfully I also wrote some code the previous weekend 
um, for time lapse that did um, blocking of the uh, white balance and the exposure, so that like you would get you wouldn't it wouldn't like auto exposure fix and like you get flickering. Um, so JP wrote a great guide for focus stacking and and um, I don't know if you added a video or not, but um, you can do so. This is picture flowers and it's a macro photo and normally only one piece can be in focus, but with this you can take fifty photos and then you use like free online software and it squishes it together and auto focuses everything. You can also do uh, dual focus where something nearby and far away is in focus. If there's like like using horror films a lot and also can do um, focus panning. So like, uh, you know, tracking through a shot and like focusing on different elements. So um, basically like, you know, usually you don't get to mess around with the autofocus or the manual focus on a camera programmatically, but you can with some hardware. Uh, Aaron did a guide on uh, this really cool WLP-controlled matrix using MonsterFur. We'll do a video about that. We did a guide for the um, BFF, the DC Power BFF. So if you have a Cutie Pie board and they're very popular, you want to power it with up to 20 volts DC um, battery packs or DC power supply, and you want to like use that for motor control, or you just want to like be able to power your BFF from everything, not just a USB-C. Um, this is a, sorry, that's a buck converter, so it'll be very efficient. All right, and then scroll down. Um, then we've got from Liz, I think we do have a one-minute video yep, about we got, this. We're going to play two videos. Um, Three videos what's, what's the deal with the sushi conveyor belt projects from Japan? I don't know, but I love it. So uh, we got these bar displays. We've got the Qualia. Let's show how to make a sushi conveyor belt um, in Arduino. Also shows you how to use platform I.O. with the Qualia board. So if you want to do like... Intense projects that need C or Arduino, you don't want to use CircuitPython. Um, like this definitely benefited um, from that because controlling that display uses the PSRAM, which means it's you, you need to be using C code if you want to get really good performance. Um, but Liz did an excellent job. And uh, Noe also printed out this beautiful uh, Sushi Nigiri case for it. So like, I don't, I don't know why, but it's yeah. cool. Also got this gorgeous uh, kind of um, art uh, deco. Yeah, we're uh, going to play this clock tonight, too. Um, in a box unboxing guy. We're not talking about that. No. It's a secret. And then uh, I think the Circuit Python yeah. text editor on the GoPhone was last week. So there you go. That's the guys for this week. All right, let's play a couple of videos, and then we'll do some New York City factory footage. And then we're going to do 3D printing. So I'm just going to go video to video to video. Then we'll see you on the other side for IMPI. Okay. Take it away, team. Bye. Make your own pettable, programmable art piece with an Adafruit Feather ESP32 and a custom-built grid of LED strips. Control it with any Wi-Fi-enabled device. Setup is quick and easy with the free, open-source WLED software, which gives you hundreds of animations and color combos. This is a fun project with no coding, but a little tricky soldering work. You'll love creating patterns for your new furry friend. See the full build tutorial at learn.adafruit.com. And remember to subscribe for more fun DIY electronics projects.
here's some factory footage. is how it is made let's do some 3d printing we're going to roll right into the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one uh, we got two back back videos we're going to do the clock and then we're going to do a speed up taking away knowing pedro you can build a lovely digital clock with a large seven segment display a feather rp2040 and circuit python thanks to stemma qt connectors no soldering was required for this plug and play design this project features a 1.2-inch, 7-segment LED display powered by the Adafruit Feather RP2040. For timekeeping, this uses the DS3231 real-time clock module for precise and accurate timing. A rotary encoder is used to set the time, making those daylight-saving time changes quick and easy. It also has an auto-dimming feature, which lowers the display's brightness so it can be bright during the day and dim overnight. The 3D printed enclosure design is inspired by mid-century modern clocks that look both elegant and minimalistic. The enclosure snap fits together and can be 3D printed without any support material. We think this is a fun CircuitPython project for beginners or a starting point for seasoned makers who might want to add more features. The CircuitPython code has user configurable settings allowing you to set a minimum and maximum brightness depending on the time of day. You can initially set the real-time clock module to match your current time and save the code to program the module. To adjust the time, the rotary encoder is used to set the hours and minutes by doing a long press and turning the knob. The code takes care of converting the RTC to display 12-hour time on the 7-segment LED display. The Feather RP2040 and the DS3231 RTC module are secured to a PCB bracket and everything is connected with Stemma QT cables, making this project plug-and-play. A light diffusing gel filter helps to dim the brightness of the LED segments, making them appear much more crisp and legible. Our CAD models are open source and free to download so you can modify them or reuse the parts in your own projects. We hope this inspires you to try CircuitPython for your next electronics project.
that's 3D printing for the week. <clears throat> Thank you so much, everyone, Pedro. Don't forget every single Wednesday, 3D Hangouts. Don't Pedro, the longest running 3D printing show in the known universe. Um, forget IFPI. The code is Neo RGB. It all makes I think sense. The James Webb Telescope is going to like find <laughs> some older. Yes, we'll find data. another one. Okay. Um, let's uh, do on MPI. Hi on MPI. Hi on MPI, brought to you by DigiKey. This week it is Hearsay. Lady Ada, what is the new product introduction of the week? This a week. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking connectors, connectors from Hearsay. And I thought actually, like, you know, this is Valentine's Day and we're doing the stream. And so one thing I thought was people often ask, how do you pronounce the name of this company? Is it High Rose? The answer is no. It's Hero Say. Just think of David Bowie. Heroes. Hero Say. Um, And you probably know this company, even if you don't know this company, because they are the ones who invented the UFL connector, uh, which is basically used for all... RF devices. It's a really well-designed connector that allows you to um, connect up to like, five or six gigahertz uh, antennas um, on a pick and placeable com- uh, connector that is uh, reconnectable multiple times. Uh, I looked up the patent. It was in 1993 with a beautiful diagram. Um, so Hearsay is, you know, they've, they've been known for a very long time for making very high quality connectors. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about uh, the connector, the DF40 series, which we first saw on the Intel Edison. If you remember the Intel Edison. I do. On the bottom there, they had a connector. And this was a like very small single board computer that I think it predates the Raspberry Pi. Um, and uh, it had uh, a connector that would let it connect to a main board. Um, we actually carried the connector and, and you know we carried um, boards that would plug into. And then more recently, it's um, been used on the Raspberry Pi compute module. Um, so, you know, this is single board Linux computers seem to like this connector. Uh, so on the bottom of the CM4, the CM3 was like a SIM, uh, like a memory out uh, format, but there weren't enough pins. Um, on the CM4, there's two 100 pin connectors, and then you can connect it to this main board. And what I think is interesting about this is that the these two connectors are the only connectors for the compute module. Um, and yet you get two HDMI outputs that I think can do like 4K a piece, um, Ethernet, uh, USB high speed, um, micro SD card with like, you know, uh, high speed um, SDIO connectivity, uh, power, PCIe, uh, you can do um, DPI, TFT display output, uh, two. Um, uh, CM, D, DS, C, CSI camera connectors and two DSI connectors. So like a lot of very high speed um, data interfaces, multiple video camera, Ethernet interfaces, but also and PCIe, but also the power for the module is uh, comes through these connectors. Um, by the way, if you want to create your own, um, Sean Hemel with DigiKey did a great tutorial on creating your very own um breakout board for the cm4 um so you know when you look at the specs for this connector what's really neat about this connector is it does like a lot like it does more than you expect like for example it can do um up to 30 volts ac or dc so like most connectors that are that small and fine pitch you know maybe they're rated for like 6 volts 12 volts or something but this can go up to 30 and the rated current uh is also pretty high point 
three amps, I am assuming that's per pin. And then of course, if you need more current, if you, you know, for the CM4, you need more current, like two or three amps, um, because of the, uh, the processor you have, you just have multiple pins in a row, you know, like four power pins or four ground pins. So you can, you know, basically triple the amount of current. And then the, um, performance is it's actually spec for USB 3.1, uh, MIPI, SATA, PCIe, with a transition rate of uh, 10 gigabits per second. So it's designed for high speed and high power, and it can do high current, which is where, like you get basically a three in one connector, because normally you'd have to have, um, you know, one connector for the high speed stuff that's like designed for, you know, differential high speed signals, and then, then another one, maybe for the power connectivity, and then, you know, maybe another one if you have, uh, you know, high voltages coming through. Um, compare this to, um, you know, the, the two by 20 connector on the Raspberry Pi Classic and other single board computers, you're, you're gonna have this extra height. Like this is the slimmest connectivity you can get. It's still like eight, 10 millimeters high. Um, and also every time you remove it, you risk bending the pins, uh, which kind of sucks. So one of the things that's nice about this connector is you don't, you know, it's designed specifically for, um, the pins are inside, they're protected and there's this groove so that when you plug it in, it only really, like, there's no way to be off by one set of pins. So you're not going to, like, crush the pins. And then when you remove it, as long as you um, remove them and place them parallel and flat and you push down in the center, um, the connector is rated for at least 30 connect, you know, connections. And they even say, like, you know, try to be careful. Try not to wedge it from side to side. But, you know, it it is we will not fail instantly when you do that. So they're like, please try not to, but you know, you can rock it a little bit back and forth. And I thought I'd actually just show the connector if we go on uh, the overhead here. So this is the compute module and you can see like this is each 100 pin connector, very, very fine pitch. Doesn't take up a lot of room, but does allow um, a lot of expansion. And then, you know, um, you align it here and then I'll plug it in. So when you, when you, plug it in, you can sort of feel it kind of clicks into place before even the contacts make contact. And then there's this really nice, satisfying, like soft plug. You can feel it tactily when it's plugged in, you know, it's, it's connected in nicely. Okay. Uh, where were we? Okay. So, oh, actually, sorry. Can you go back one, one more? Um, so one thing to note is, uh, oh, to, I meant to the overhead. Apologies. I want to, I remember why I want to show the height. So um, I think this is like the one, the two millimeter height. So the height of the um, connector can vary. You have both the uh, socket and plug side. And so you can mate and match different heights for one side of the connector. And it can be as low as 1.5 millimeter um, or as high as four millimeters. Although note, not every pinout is available in every stacking height. So you might have to have like more pins if you want. Like the higher you go, it looks like, you know, they're like, we don't have everything in, in the 4.0. You only have like 50 or higher, uh, probably also because you have to have mechanical stability uh, for those heights. Um, and this is just showing, this is like a little diagram that shows the variations in height. So four millimeters is like quite, quite high. You can definitely get a lot of components, inductors, maybe even a USB connector underneath there. Um, they also have a shielded version, uh, which has ground shielding connection. Although with that one, it doesn't have all the heights, only has 1.5 and three millimeters. You can also use this connector with uh, FPCs. So if you want a flex cable, um, they do tell you like, here's how you do the stiffener in order to be able to connect from an FPC to um, a circuit board. Although 
to be honest, we've seen these mostly with um, PCB to PCB designs. And, you know, when I was, I was thinking about like how to describe like, you know, these connectors and how we see them on these really high quality boards from Intel and Raspberry Pi. And I think of it kind of like the YKK, you know, zippers that probably have on your nice coats or your nice jeans or your nice dresses. Um, if you have a hundred dollar board or even more expensive circuit board or design and you use like a, you go with a bad connector, you save 50 cents, but then like, you know, somebody plugs in wrong and like shears off the connector or like crushes one of the pins, the board is now useless and connectors are a really big failure point. So having a good quality connector, um, is worth the investment so that you don't end up by having someone accidentally try to plug something backwards or they don't have it lined up correctly doesn't actually like destroy um because you can easily destroy both sides of the connector if you you know if you don't have a good one and this one is designed specifically you know even beginners can use it i think that's why raspberry pi picked it and what intel s uses your maker boards for people who are not super experienced engineers um easy to line up easy to insert easy to remove lots of cycles um but has that high density for use with uh, high power and high current and high speed signals and they're in stock digikey. So this is the DF40F, um, which I think is a higher temperature version, but uh, the family is is quite large um, with a lot of different sizes, pinouts, heights, etc. So you pick the one you need um, and uh, go to town. Enjoy using this to uh, mate and connect complicated boards together with yeah. very slim heights. And I'm going to play a video and then uh, we'll get off to new products in a bit. Discover the DF40F series from Hirose, a leading solution in floating board-to-board -board connectors. Expertly combining a compact design with unmatched performance, it's the connector of choice for forward-thinking platforms. Let's explore the standout features of the DF40F series. It uniquely adapts to misalignments in X and Y directions, thanks to its innovative floating design with a range of plus or minus 0.3 millimeters. With its slim 0.4 millimeters pitch and 3.68 millimeters width, this connector is a testament to space efficiency. It's compatible with the DF40T, allowing for versatile stacking height options from 3.5 to 6.0 millimeters. Designed with automotive applications in mind, it can endure temperatures up to 125 degrees Celsius. Need speed? The DF40F delivers. It supports data rates like PCIe Gen 4 at 16 gigabits per second transmission. From automotive applications to medical tech, wearables, notebooks, tablets, and portable gaming devices, the DF40F series ensures versatile and dependable connections. Stay ahead of the curve with the DF40F series connector. For deeper insights, visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hirose Electric, connecting the future. All right, don't forget the code is Neo RGB. Better with a bunch of free stuff. Let's kick it off with new products. New, 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 new,
Okay, we've got this um, ESP32 S3 box 3B, which is um, a version of popular S3 box. It's like it got a display and it's got a little case and it's got a thingy it plugs into. Um, this is just a lower cost version that doesn't come with sensors. Uh, so we have a slightly more expensive one that comes with sensors and this one still has the, the box, ESP32 S3 box and the stand, but doesn't have the extra sensors. Sign up, we'll have it in stock soon. We also have coming soon two versions of our Itsy Bitsy ESP32. Uh, we've designed this many, many years ago, but during the part shortage, we weren't able to get it out the door. But now it's uh, it, it's, it lives again, clearing out my, my long to-do list. So this is an Itsy Bitsy sized board. So it's got um, 20 GPIO and power pins, um, micro USB, because I want it to be compatible with the other Itsy Bitsy boards. In case you have an enclosure, uh, you can swap out whichever one you want. I don't want to have... Uh, maybe I'll make a version with USB-C later. Um, on the bottom, it has a USB-C, uh, USB to serial converter chip um, and uh, some markings and uh, alternate battery input if desired. We also have a version with a WFL connector designed by Hiroshi, by the way, in case you're wondering. There's a STEMIQT port on the top, um, NeoPixel on both of them, um, user button, reset button, and then auto reset circuitry. Uh, this is really great for very small IoT projects that need ESP32, which has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth Classic, Bluetooth Low Energy. We support it in uh, CircuitPython, has great Arduino support. It's also MicroPython support and a lot of other chips as well. The ESP32 is like a very standardized uh, chip. What's really nice about this board is it's got um, very, very good low power uh, capability. I just tested it before the show. 10 microamps in deep sleep, which is like incredibly low um it's as low as the esp32 can get um so by uh, kind of designing this in a nice way using a good regulator on it um you could definitely use this for very low power iot projects or any project where you just need uh more pins than a cutie pie but you don't need as many as a feather and there's also one pin that's shifted up to five volts so great for neopixel projects all right and then uh this is right the, yeah, yeah and so the bottom is the same just this one has a wfl connector yeah. okay next up uh, this is not 100 bags, but this product is for 100 bags. Uh, we've been using a heat sealer to ship products because they're less likely to accidentally open. Um, they're sealed, they're faster, they get auto barcoded. We love our heat sealer, but we still have a lot of these bags left over because we had to buy a lot of them a couple of years ago. Uh, and we still use them for some products, but uh, we still have a lot and uh, we would like to sell them to you because some people want them. So if you would like 100 of these adorable two by three inch approximately zip top anti-static bags you can now pick them up at packs of 100 for a couple bucks a piece it's a really good deal help us clear out our inventory and uh, you can reuse them as many times as you like um great for storing little electronic parts i'll say i store my prototypes in these little bags okay next up um next up there's a revision for the flora neopixels sheet so for a very long time we were using the ws 2811s uh, which is the first version of the all-in-one neopixel led um and what's cool about that chip is it can handle up to nine volt dc power but uh that chip is pretty much discontinued so now we've uh changed up for the sk6812 which is um you know our standard uh, NeoPixel compatible LED. Um, you know, this is the same size, same pinout, same shape, same everything. The only difference is you can no longer use it with voltages above 5.7, 5.5 volts. So 
sorry if you were happening to power your projects from six to nine volts you can't do that anymore without a regulator or a buck converter um but uh in exchange because i'm not no longer using a chip that i have to uh, led chip i have to chase after the price is lower so i'll uh, drop the price um this is a great deal if you want to have little sewable leds get them in a sheet just pop them out and trim them yourself okay and then next up the start of the ship says you lady our team our staff and everybody makes thing go is Yay, it's the Neo RGB Stemma board. Uh, this is a board I designed for myself because I was so tired of wiring up analog RGB LED strips with transistors and, um, you know, resistors and power connectors and like whatever, whatever. I want to make it really easy to control analog LED strips. That's LED strips that don't have NeoPixels in them. A lot of them use five, uh, uh, sorry, they use 12 volts um, or even higher, but 12 volts is the most popular. Um, and so now I have a board where you have NeoPixel signal in, like your standard NeoPixel that comes from any microcontroller or even a Raspberry Pi these days. And on the output, you have three common anode uh, RGB channels, uh, plus power and ground. You connect to the terminal block. And it acts like a single, very, very bright, very large NeoPixel. You can also use this with any time you have like an LED array that has PWable PWMable inputs. This will basically do the PWMable control, eight bits per channel, 24 bits total. And then you just treat it like a NeoPixel. So, you know, again, wonderful if you um, have analog neon or LED strip or something you're, you know, for some reason you want to, uh, you know, they're definitely for, for long extends, extensions. Uh, they're cheaper than using NeoPixels. And you don't have individual LED control within the strip, but maybe you don't need that. Maybe you want to, like, do a single color for the entire thing. So uh, I have a demo on overhead. So this is my standard Atmega 328 Metro Arduino compatible. And I'm powering it from uh, 9 volt here. So this is 9 volt power. I connect the red wire uh, to the Stemma board from VN, so it's 9 volts ground to ground, and then the NeoPixel signal, it thinks it's connected to a single NeoPixel, pin six. Um, this is a bright power LED telling you that the power is good. You can barely see it because it's only one LED, but there is a little bit of blinking going on on the uh, signal red LED over here. And then you just use the terminal screw block to connect red, green, blue, and then this black wire is VN, so it's the 12 volt power. Um, and then this just acts like a NeoPixel, it's doing the NeoPixel swirl. So um, it's great because this can handle three amps per channel up to 16 volts. So if you have like a gigantic star RGB LED, or again, like you have a gigantic plate or analog LED strips, and you don't have to be RGB LED strips. If you have white, like, you know, not uh, cool, warm or natural white, or sometimes there's um, LED strips that are analog that have uh, color mixing. So you can have, you can, change from cool to warm to neutral white you could basically have this act as if it was a neopixel and again make it a lot easier to control um if you're using more than two amps total uh recommend not going through the jstph just go through the terminal block so you, you just power it directly from the uh the terminal block here and uh you can control again you know nine amps total between all three channels one thing I will mention is that if you're using RGBW LED strip, this only supports three channels. I haven't quite found a chip that supports four channels yet that is NeoPixel compatible. So you have a choice of either just controlling three of the channels or there is, um, you know, an output pin here if you want to chain. 
you could connect uh, the fourth channel on a second one of these and then just control it as if it was the second NeoPixel afterwards. You'd have to do the, the logic for it. You can you treat it as two NeoPixels. The first one is RGB and the second one is just W. Um, but I'll let, you know, or sometimes, again, some strips have five channels. Again, you'd use two of these, uh, one for each set of three. So I think this will make wiring a lot easier for people. Definitely make my demos a lot faster. So uh, hopefully folks enjoy it. I know Erin, who does a lot of NeoPixel projects, has already been excited. She's like, yay, I can't wait to use this to already simplify some wiring on a project I did for uh, a tiki bar. And that's new products. Okay, don't forget to code is Neo RGB. We're going to do some top secret, then we're going to do some questions. You can jump them in Discord. Let's do some top secret. All right, lady, what is this? This is the new Itsy Bitsy ESP32. I designed this board in 2020. So this is one of those boards that's like, oh, part shortage is over. Let's like try to get back to it. So uh, we just got these assembled and they're double-sided. They've got the USB serial converter on this side. ESP module with eight megabytes of flash, two megabytes of PS1 on the top. Plug it into the tester. And then we're using a Pico using... Um, USB to serial to do the programming. So let's give it a second. And it flashes the file. Uh, you can see on the computer, it's flashing it over USB to serial. So it's doing USB host to the uh, WCH9102 chip uh, to program the ESP32. And then in a few seconds, it's going to finish the test. And then you'll see the test complete. 34, 35, 36. Okay. So now it's going to test all the pins. Oh, and this one is not. Passing. Okay, then it's uh, it's fine. You just have to hold it down 31 seconds later, and then this board is done being tested. And then when you reset it, it does a little nice rainbow glow. So this has passed test, and we'll be able to get it into the store real soon. All right, and then you're making some stuff. Okay, so we've talked about the desk of Lady Ada, this uh, TCRT 1000 optical reflective sensor. That's a right angle. It's right. Maybe if you duck your head down, you can see the two things sticking out the right angle style and then this has potentiometer you can change the uh current going through the uh sensor and then um you know i was thinking because i just did this neo rgb maybe folks want to like you know just make something neo pixel like a single led that doesn't need the high current uh pass transistors so i made a breakout for this ws 2811f chip it's like basically like a neo pixel on a chip uh you can connect any, any led you like and i made a little breadboard friendly friend All right that's top secret for the week. Yeah, top secret. Okay. We are going to roll right into questions. We have a couple lined up right away. Let's okay. uh, get right to it. Okay. Do, 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 do. First up, Lady Ada. Um, is it possible to make a DIY solder flow at home? Asking for a friend who's really into PCBs. Well, you can do like like a hot plate if you want to just reflow boards. If you're looking for like a like a like a solder reflow, um, like a sorry, selective solder machine, that's a lot harder. But you can get solder pots and you can dip stuff into them. So like you can kind of sort of fake it. Okay, uh, folks, we're talking about this in the chat. Can you make the memento take multi? 
uh, label picks from the far focus and to close focus and have CircuitPython combine all the picks to a full focus picture. You could probably be like super slow. Yeah, it's just so yeah, cause you, exactly you need a computer. Computer. I, I would just use a computer. It's it's really yeah, really. Fun. Let's talk about that eventually. I mean. Turing compatible computer. Yes. Yes, well, you could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a graphic, I could do it, but I don't, I meant okay. it. It's tough. Mesh Taxic seems to be the talk for the last couple of months. Seems Adafruit well suited for this niche. Any plans for their support for it? Would prefer Adafruit versus them. I have no idea back. what Mesh Tastic is. I'm okay. so sorry. Is that like a, I don't know. Sorry. Excellent. How would you measure the pulse within cycle time of a digital signal, like frequency and duty cycle of a PWM signal? Can it be done with RPI and Python? Or is it something for a micro? What is the interface for that kind of input? Want to read the values programmatically rather than use an oscilloscope or D? Yeah, you need a frequency counter. So you definitely pop. I mean, there's some chips that can do it. Um, but you probably want to use a microcontroller with like a counter input. Um, it's actually quite, quite a tough problem because you have to make sure that the counter can handle the frequency that you're looking at. Um, mm -hmm. Might be a good one to post in the forums, maybe. But um, I think definitely you'd want either customized chips or, or program my controller. Okay. Mesh-tastic is a Laura thing. Well, I hope it's a replacement for Things Network because Things Network has not been very right. happy about people with single, you know, if you have a single channel Laura device or like not into it. So um, I'll take a look. I've, just been, I've been out of touch with the Laura stuff. Okay. Well, I can do it. Um, itsy bitsy 30 ESP32. What is the voltage range for the bat pin possible to power via 3XAA or AAA 5.5 ish volts on the go? Yeah, it's a it goes into the RT9080 uh, through a chalky diode. So you definitely want to give it about 3.6 volts to about 6 volts. So anywhere, anywhere in between there. Okay, question for Adafruit. Does Adafruit have something that can efficiently limit current? to stalled servos drawing too much current would prefer them to stall weekly or temporarily stop and fixing my shoddy code will enable more pin aggressively but electronics hardware protection would be good should i use polyfuse or current limiting ic or something else got modules for this scenario making a servo-based wood tile display with 192 servos 12 groups of 16 servos managed to burn out mosfets a 12 knockoff pca 96 Five sixteen channel servo control boards and serves me right for not buying from Adafruit, which comes from. Beacon well, I think that's that's not relevant. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah current limiting a servo. Yeah, servos can draw up to two amps. Um, they they definitely they go to town. Um, yeah, that is a challenge because you want to individually control. You definitely want. There are current limiting ICs. There's e fuses, and they'll they'll current limit, and a lot of them even have a thing where they'll auto retry. Or they'll just like reduce the, the current to a certain amount. So I think I did um, a great search on e fuses, but um, check Digikey for e fuse chips. And I'm, I'm positive they have one that's five volt, two amp. Um, I just don't know off the top of my head. Um, yeah, just lady on Sunday, just fun questions. Did you watch Super Bowl or just busy with shops up? Yeah, we have a Adafruit and kids, so we yeah. don't really. I, I understand that it was uh, in overtime. I so, yeah. And I understand there was a lot of like celebrity stuff. And, um, you know, I do think that the Super Bowl is a good opportunity for a big chunk of, uh, at least in the US, for people to come together. I know there was a, a tragedy today with a, this is why we can't have nice things. There was um, a shooting at a parade, Ooh. a celebration of Super Bowl today. That's messed up. But generally speaking, you know, sporting events and just like humans like to come together and celebrate something so and i do like the the friendly um 
competition and you know the the, the teams uh you know everyone was everyone's at their best and it's it's a very american thing and it's nice to see everyone come together so as far as like the the the, the radiation of that we you know you can't avoid it there's super bowl commercials and there's all this stuff but you know there is a general feeling in the in the nation around super bowl it's like hey everyone's kind of watching this thing and doing this you know we were busy with with work and stuff but it is nice um that everyone wants to come together um and uh aside from that i think uh we have one last question okay the illuminated push button instructions say the forward voltage on the led is about 2.2 volts with a connected to 20 or a thousand ohm resistor is that necessary a two well a two volt led would usually take 56 ohm um you can go lesser but i like to give people because i don't know what voltage you're connecting to so if you want to calculate it out um you know i think i think you know keep it to like 10 to 15 20 milliamps uh, but it's always great to start with about 1K. No matter what your voltage is, you know, you won't destroy it. And then adjust as necessary. So yeah. thank you, Brian. Them's the questions. All right. That's our show tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. The code is NEORGB. You saw why. You want to be super 10% on. And uh, don't forget, there's free stuff. Special thanks to uh, Takara behind the scenes. We're running stuff in the Adafruit community support publishing side while we do the show. Thank you. Um, we'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. We'll see you on time. I want to see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, have a great week. Here's your mom, Zener. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.